What's next for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns? We talk about that and more next here on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher, the host of Locked On Ravens. And again, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. Of course, we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including on YouTube. And we are back here. It is Monday in preseason football. It is here. We had the Hall of Fame game, and we're just continuing to creep closer and closer this week, we'll have many, many more matchups. Week one of the preseason is here, and it's exciting stuff. And today, we're going to be talking with a lot of different hosts about a lot of different things. In the first segment, we're going to be diving into the Deontay Johnson extension with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Then in the second segment, diving into what was the biggest story of last week, getting into the Deshaun Watson situation with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. And finally, I'm going to be taking you home in the final segment, talking about some rookie standouts from training camp so far. And I'm going to try to be focusing on guys not taken in the first round. There might be one or two guys who maybe slip their way in there from the first round, but just talking about those guys as we, again, get closer and closer to that preseason action. So, again, a ton to dive into today, and I do want to say that this episode of Locks on NFL is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is to cover the season with more props, odds, and lies than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. So we're going to have a ton of great content here. If you be sure to stay tuned for the entirety of the episode, it's going to be great stuff. Let's now dive into our first conversation with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Well, it's been extensions galore for the 2019 draft class and those wide receivers this offseason. And here with me to talk about the Deontay Johnson extension is the host of Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter. Chris, the Steelers and, and Johnson definitely wanted to get this one done. How you doing? Yeah, it was. I'm doing great, uh, Kevin. But the, the Steelers, they wanted to get this done. Both sides wanted to get it done. And I asked Deontay about that uh, in his you know, in his press conference after, after they announced his deal. And, you know, he said, like, listen, I wasn't watching anybody else's pockets. I was just trying to figure out a way to get myself paid and stick with the team. And he said he was even getting bored at training camp because the Steelers have been doing this whole hold in thing. TJ Watt all last year was at training camp but wasn't fully practicing with the team. He'd, he'd warm up with the team, then he'd go do off his own individual drills so he didn't get hurt. Uh, then Minka Fitzpatrick does the same thing in minicamp and OTAs until he gets his deal. And now Deontay Johnson is taking the same route. All have resulted in these guys getting paid uh, decent deals for them. And it's a deal that works for both sides. It works for the Steelers because over the next two years, Deontay Johnson has a $7.6 million cap hit this year. He's a $13.8 million cap hit next year. And then in 2024, when the deal would expire, he'd be an $18.4 million cap hit, but he would he would only have $5.8 million in guaranteed money or dead money that year if they wanted to move him or figure something out. So this gives the Steelers their definite number one receiver for the next for this season and then two seasons after that. And on top of that, it keeps them without breaking their bank to keep a guy like that. He's now the, on when you look at per average per year, Deontay Johnson is ranked 17th in, in what his new new contract averages out to be. So you're not overpaying. And for Deontay Johnson, you're getting a basically an average of $18.3 million per year during this deal. And you get to hit the market again when you're 29 years old, which is the same age as Cooper Cup. So if he blows it up for the Steelers, 
great. He goes and gets big money, whether it's with the Steelers or somewhere else. If he does okay, well, he's still in the time to get paid veteran money. He'll have been a several-year wide receiver. This is a thing that works for both sides, in my opinion. Right, and so the, it's two years, $36.7 million. You got 27 there guaranteed as well. I mean, I think for Johnson here, again, people were saying, well, this is such a steal for Pittsburgh, such a steal for Pittsburgh. And I think, yeah, it is. But at the same time, for Deontay Johnson, I think it is a smart play for him to be able to make money now and hit the market one more time. I mean, Chris, what were your reactions when you first heard this deal? Were you surprised at how little it was? Did you think it would be a little more, a little less? Where, where were your thoughts? I, I was surprised at how early it happened. I actually thought that this was along the lines of what we'd expect here because the, there were whenever there was rumors that Deontay Johnson wants $25 million, $23 million, $22 million, I was like, yeah, but he's not saying that. And, and he was even saying, like, y'all are bugging. I'm just doing me. And every time I've interacted with Deontay Johnson, humble, down to earth, not this guy that's, like, you know, saying things and doing dances like A.B. all the time. Uh, you know, he's – there's he, – he seems like he gets – they're like, hey, I'm just here to work on my craft and get sharper. And he's gotten sharper each year. For all the people who are like, oh, well, he has a drops problem. He actually only had six drops last year. Players that had more drops, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Keelan Allen, DJ Moore, Jeff Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, uh, C.D. Lamb, Mike Williams. I could go Cooper, Cooper Cup. I could go on and on and on. Bottom line, if you think, oh, well, it's because he didn't have as, as many targets. He had the second most targets in the NFL last year. His drop rate was much lower than a lot of superstar wide receivers out there. I think the biggest thing is he just needs a quarterback in in a in their prime or in their in a young age to work with. He had an old version of Ben Roethlisberger. The year before that, he had a second-year Mason Rudolph and undrafted rookie uh, Devlin Hodges throwing the ball to him. Once he gets to show that, He'll show everyone, hey, I, I I deserve this kind of money. But that's why the Steelers had to, you know, we're like, hey, we're not going to give you super duper money like all these other guys are getting, but we'll give you enough money to keep you around. That's why I think it's it's great for both sides because now Deontay says, hey, I I am on that level. But at the same time, while I'm proving that, I'm making like $18 million a year, which I ain't mad about. Right, yeah, exactly. And I know, Chris, very important player in the Steelers offense, Deontay Johnson, is what, what does he bring and why was it so important for the Steelers to lock him up for these next couple of years? Well, he's the guy for Ben Roethlisberger, even with his limited arm arm strength last year. He was he was great at getting separation. He would find a way on third downs. He could run a curl and you weren't stopping it. He would find a different way to dissect people up. His first play back in, in training camp when he put the full pads on for the first time after signing his deal, he runs he runs a route, stacks Akella Witherspoon and gets like a 40-yard bomb from Mitch Trubisky. He, he's a threat. The thing is, too, he's been a short threat because of Ben Roethlisberger's kind of limitations. We've not really gotten the chance to see too much of him as a deep threat. And that's where I think he could get truly dangerous because he doesn't he doesn't have a fast 40-yard dash time. He's just explosive and he just has football speed and he gets separation. He sets you up and rips you off. He is so talented. And he also revealed when we were asking him uh last week that he's been he's very close to Stephon Diggs and he picks his brain a lot to, to sharpen his routes. That's where you're going to see this guy get off, get off on his routes a lot sharper, kind of add that element. And I think he's a guy that now with quarterbacks who are who still have their arms, you know, and can get the ball 40, 50 yards downfield, down you're going to be in a position where defenses are going to have to honor, okay, do we want to leave him in one-on-one -on -one coverage or do, should we have a safety over top? And that starts to add more questions like, okay, if we're doing that, who are we opening up? Is it Pat Frymuth? Is it Chase Claypool? Is it Najee Harris? Is it George Pickens, who's having a phenomenal training camp right now? I think the Steelers' offense has a chance to have a lot of weapons who are truly effective. Yeah, and speaking of those weapons, Chris, in that wide receiver room, there are plenty of weapons there. I mean, what, what compliment is Deontay Johnson to those other guys in that room? Well, he's the leader. And here's the thing is that 
he the way he gets separation, the way he finishes plays, the way he starts his routes, it teaches guys so many things. There's so much nuance to everything that he does. Each, each little thing he, he's added to his game, his steps, how to set up. And, and Calvin Austin, we were just talking to him about this, uh, in fact, on Saturday. Uh, and he was, Calvin Austin's like, listen, man, there were questions I didn't know that I had to ask of myself to get better. And watching Deontay is helping me start to figure out what those questions are. Chase Claypool is a is an athletic freak with how big he is and how fast he is and how tall he is and how how much he can get up, he can get up in the sky. But Deontay Johnson is the guy who's hey he's not the tallest he's not the fastest he doesn't jump the highest but he runs the sharpest he knows how to beat you in different ways and he uses his craft to maximize on his skill set and he gets sharper every year. If he does get sharper this year, I think teams are in for a big surprise and they start seeing him cutting them up for bigger plays and they're like we're not used to seeing that uh with you know with a number 18 in the Steelers jersey. So I I think he's going I think he is he's a tone setter for the rest of the room and he's a really good role model for how to improve your craft for rookie receivers like Calvin Austin and like George Pickens. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Pickens there, because I kind of want to do a quick training camp report with you here from what you've seen so far at Steelers training camp. I mean, Pickens has been somebody, we've seen the little clips on Twitter and everything, but now the Hall of Fame game is in the books, preseason football. It, it's here this week. I mean, what have you seen from Pittsburgh so far, and who have been your standouts from training camp? Well, Calvin, uh, excuse me, George Pickens is the number one standout. He's when Deontay Johnson was doing his hold in with the Steelers seem to be doing all the time now with the TJY and Minka Fitzpatrick and now Deontay Johnson. He was sitting on the side. Chase Claypool got a shoulder injury. He'll be back soon to full strength. But while those guys were sitting out, George Pickens became the de facto number one wide receiver. This guy was going up against uh, Cam Sutton, Akella Witherspoon. He was going up. He was going up and catching passes. He was bending backwards, catching passes. The Steelers are now working, work, warming up their receiver warm up with rugby balls let that fire at them and so they got to catch the, big, the the bigger rugby balls and they said that's been helping his hands and he's been getting great extension he's been going down and getting balls he's been creating after the catch he's been beating guys in routes he's been physical and blocking drills this guy looks like a complete package right now he's the clear standout in training camp everyone's really excited to see how he does against other nfl corners and he's listed as a starter on the depth chart right now so i'd say he has truly stood out i would also say left tackle dan moore jr a fourth round guy from Texas A&M last year. A lot of people clowned him because, you know, there were a couple games where he went up against Miles Garrett. One game he got ragdolled a bit, even though he didn't give up a sack. He wasn't looking great. The second game looked better. This year, Dan Moore Jr. is looking sharper, more on point, knows where he's going. I think the Steelers' offensive line might be better than people are prepared for it to be based off of just what I'm seeing in training camp. Still got to see these guys play in a preseason game and how they do coming together. But I think individual talents on the offensive line are going to be better across the board. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh has talent, both on offense and on defense, and they play in a very talented division in that AFC North, where obviously Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, all very talented rosters up and down, mm-hmm. so it'll be a competitive division. The Steelers, you can never count out the Steelers, especially with a Mike Tomlin led team. You just can never, ever do it. Because I appreciate you having on. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, it's a good thing that the Steelers and Deontay Johnson were able to get this deal done. I think, again, very important for both sides. Johnson's a huge part of that offense, and the Steelers get a guy under contract who is a big part of that offense for the next couple of seasons, and he can, again, hit free agency again at the age of 29. We'll head into our first break here on Locked on NFL. Still a ton to talk about. We're going to be talking next with Jeff Lloyd of Locked on Browns, diving in to the Deshaun Watson situation and the latest there. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on NFL. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit 
about Dave and it can be 2020 with hindsight a lot of the time and you can't really change the past. What if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can do that with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank by a wedding, get through even catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed and millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. So now for an extra cash account, get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Interest recipe supply banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. The future you will thank you. We're back here with our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Oshaker, your host, still here with you. And again, thank you so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. And also be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and follow along with us in audio form. Now we're going to be talking with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, diving into the entirety of the Sean Watson situation. What is next for both Watson and the Cleveland Browns? Let's dive into that conversation now. Well, the Deshaun Watson situation in Cleveland has definitely been one to monitor over these past few months. And here to talk about the latest developments of that is one of the hosts of Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, I know there are seemingly 10 new wrinkles every single day with the situation. How are you doing? Uh, it's, I got to be honest. Um, you know, first, the word first came down, I guess, past Monday. And I, it's gotten to the point here where some of us in the Browns content business, we actually kind of have like a little DM support group going here. Um, you know, just trying to you know, cover stuff that, you know, essentially not qualified to cover. Monday's news dropped. Okay, it's games. Uh, now we know we're dealing with. There's an official word. Um, and, and it was, uh, you know, kind of, I think, maybe what we thought. I mean, you, know, you you saw so many national folks, and it kept hearing four to eight, four to eight, four to eight. So maybe you thought six was a nice split of that four to eight. Uh, so you get the, you know, well, at the time was with the final word. Um, the Browns, the schedule looked kind of favorable for the first six weeks. All right, you know, let all right, we know what we need to know. Let's, you know, turn the page here and focus on training camp as we're 10 practices in in what we should be doing. But, you know, sadly, it's just been not the case. And it just feels like this is, you know, the story that's never, ever going to go away. And so the six game suspension, Jeff, initially it comes down. Was that in that line that you thought you were in the category of in that four to eight range, so six that split down the middle, or did you think he would have been getting more or less in that situation? Well, I, I think, you know, and this is probably where the issue probably lies from the league's you know, standpoint is, is six felt favorable, you know, for the Browns. Six felt favorable for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, when we're talking about discipline, we're talking about a suspension for, you know, wrongdoing. You know, maybe it's not to say, you know, they get what would be the favorable outcome in a situation like that. It kind of felt like that's where it was going to be the number. It didn't feel like it was going to get past, you know, you know, eight to say, or, you know, where the league is headed with this. You know, we're not truly sure. I mean, it's great for them to want to stand on what they originally wanted, which was, you know, indefinite or full season. Um, but meanwhile, you know, Deshaun Watson's camp basically said, okay, well, you, you brought in an independent arbitrator who is a 30-year established fed, federal judge. So I guess this is the way we're going to go and we're going to abide to a ruling. You know, just a lot of murkiness to it right now. But, I mean, it kind of felt that, you know, the six was going to be the number. And now that the appeal has come down from the NFL, Jeff, I mean, how shocked were you that the NFL did decide to appeal this? It was a tricky spot for the NFL because, you know, you had to make that decision by early Thursday. They made a decision, I guess, figure, you know, late afternoon on Wednesday. But the thing was, is, you know, Hall of Fame weekend, you know, is this what, you know, the NFL 
wanted and i you know i've talked to plenty who are out there and you know it's become a pretty big talking point of what is hall of fame weekend which is not supposed to be the case it's kind of basically you know like the cutting ribbon ceremony on you know all things nfl season 2022 wise for this year so you thought there would be you know of you know maybe the nfl would just you know let it go um but obviously you know the nfl is adamant that maybe they want some changes or adaptations uh to the ruling or to the discipline Deshaun Watson is going to face and they're going to take it further. Yeah. And so if, if you are looking Jeff at eight games, 12 games, maybe a full season here, are you confident with the other options on the roster to maybe take this Browns team to where they want to go? Jacoby Brissett, Josh Rosen, Josh Dobbs. How are you feeling about that? Um, uh, Just one thing, you know, before we get to that, and we certainly will Kevin. Um, The one thing is, is when the statement was released by the league, you know, normally when you talk about demands, what do you list? You list your biggest demands first. And, you know, maybe your secondary and things afterwards last. First thing in the NFL's statement was fine. And it was therapy for Deshaun Watson. Then it talked about you maybe time missed from the field. I don't know if that means anything, but it was just for me interesting. You know, when you read something like the you know, way things are worded sometimes, some things that stand out to you. Um, so, you know, just something you know something there um this Browns team is is built well and I, you know Kevin because we've been spending so much time here on lockdown NFL sp- turning it into a lockdown Browns Monday segment um I don't think anybody wants to talk about this defense and the way it is construed and the capabilities of this defense and look there's going to be a blown tire a week or two you know where somebody finds a wrinkle in a coverage scheme or something you know where this Browns defense ends up giving up 30 or whatever but this team is built, and you know they are five deep at cornerback. They are three deep at safety. They have linebackers. Uh, you have pass rushers. You know a lot of big. The big key to this is going to be what can come of these young wide receivers. Can Donovan Peoples Jones turn into a viable number two wide receiver in this league? Can you get something out of Anthony Schwartz? Will David Bell be able to somebody that's going to contribute in you know third and fourth, third and fifth, be able to move the chains? What comes of preseason games? They might look really good with Jacoby Brissett. And it's going to be due to the fact that, you know, they're basically taking one on the chin right now in practices. They're going against a defense that should be really, really top shelf in this league. In an ideal world, you don't want to play Jacoby Brissett for 16 games. Um, you know, but he is in that fringe of, you know, is he, you know, the 29th to 39th, I don't want to say best quarterback, but is he a guy that can get you through a season? He is. Um, is he going to play on a team that's probably more successful and has the potential to be more successful than what he's ever been on? Yeah. Um, best offensive line he's ever played for? Yeah. Um, maybe best running backs he's ever played with? Yeah. Best defense he's ever played with? Possibly? Yes. So the situation's favorable. Um, you know, it, it's there, but you know, we would have to see a Jacoby Brissett on the field that maybe we have not seen to this point in his career. Yeah, and I know that for Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson does get a couple more games in that six-game suspension, whether it is 8-12 or a year, they're going to have to rely on a guy that should go reset or maybe even go out and trade for. A Jimmy Garoppolo, I know that's been something that's been put out there, and I know that some people have the opinion that they should, other people do not. Jeff, where are you on that spectrum? Should the Browns trade for Jimmy Garoppolo if that does what be come down to? Well, my thinking is, and and here's you know, and, and I talked about this yesterday on uh, on Twitter with a couple of people. Um, it's look, it's to the point now where I think you could just basically call San Francisco and say we want Garoppolo. I'll give you this. Like I, I really think that they just they cannot have this. He, he they can't have him there anymore. It, it, it's murking the waters. For, you know, Trey Lance is their guy. 
Um, they, they made that move with the anticipation, you know, anticipation that the first year for Trey Lance was not going to be much involvement. But this is all geared towards him and, you know, what's going to be the next era of the 49ers. I don't think it's going to take much to get him whatsoever. They could probably parlay the pick they got from Carolina for Baker Mayfield into the Garoppolo deal. If it's one year, you have the money, and it's a tiny asset to do it, it's really, really hard to look at that and say, we're going to pass. Because um, even the other thing is, is there's the fallback option of what happens if something happens to Jacoby Brissett. This is a team with Brissett that thinks they can still make the playoffs, and you're going to hand the offense over to Josh Dobbs, Josh Rosen? If you know Deshaun Watson's getting a year, then yeah, I, I think you know you, you seriously are going to look to the 49ers and see if there's possibly some way you can make that happen. And speaking of assets, what an asset Kareem Hunt is to that Cleveland run game with a one-two punch with Nick Chubb. And I know there was some Kareem Hunt news over the weekend as he requested a trade. The Browns pretty much said no, and then he was out there for practice, Jeff, on Sunday. So what, what's that whole situation like there in Cleveland right now? Well, I can't blame Kareem Hunt. This is a difficult situation because Kareem Hunt is right, and the Browns are essentially right. There is not an any. There's not a running back in the NFL who does not want to be on a walk year, a lame duck year. Kareem Hunt has no money on paper for him after this season. Most likely, he is going to be a free agent after this season. Um, they're going to part ways. Nick Chubb, yes, he started his new contract for this year, but the real monetary aspect of it starts next year. And the move from Jerome Ford kind of tells you one thing. The Browns are a smart team. You try to get yourself, you fix a hole one year prior as opposed to one year late. So that's why Jerome Ford is here now. Browns need him. And, and that's what the Browns are saying. We absolutely need you. Um, whether it's, you know, Jacoby Brissett, whether it could be a Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen, Josh Dobbs, you know, as bad as last year was for the Browns, if Kareem Hunt didn't miss nine games, I still think there's a chance, a pretty solid chance the Browns would have found their way to the playoffs last year with Kareem Hunt. Because the focus would have been, all right, the wide receiver game is not working. But you know what? I got two of the best running backs in this conference, and one of them actually excels in the receiving game. So they need Kareem Hunt. He's going to have a lot of carries. Was there something there maybe with the way his contract was you know, written for this year? And maybe we wanted to make sure that at $6.5 million, I'm getting all of that $6.5 million, as opposed to you know, maybe there were some goals in there, some triggers or whatever as far as it. Um, but, you know, and then the Browns, well, what happens if we do extend your contract and you get hurt, you get injured, we're now stuck with a contract that we never wanted to begin with. So it's a difficult, it's a really, really difficult situation. And I think the other thing is maybe there's some part of Kareem that, that it hurts a little bit, that he knows where the situation is going. He's happy in being home. Obviously, this has been the best medicine for him off the field, being home being around a guy like Nick Chubb, just a quiet, soft-spoken personality. And it's obviously done wonders for him. It's a really, really sticky situation to be in, but it looks as of today's practices, maybe it is resolved. Does that mean it's resolved long-term? Well, you know, that'll be it's a scene. Did something go down today that maybe, you know, did not get, you know, dropped out into media yet? Um, but yeah, the last thing the Browns need right now is any other questions. Right, and the Browns do have a very talented roster. Now, a lot of it does hinge, I think, on the Deshaun Watson suspension. you got to figure that whole situation out, obviously. And, Jeff, I know that whenever whenever some other news happens with this, we'll be talking again here on Lockdown NFL. I appreciate all the time you've given me here over these past couple weeks and couple months. Thanks so much for hopping on here today. Kevin, always a pleasure. And, you know, if it's not anytime soon, we got uh, two, two booked in the holster for at least here for the 2022 season. 
That's right. The AFC North is going to be a good division this year. Tons of talent, tons of great teams. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to covering it here with you, Jeff. Thanks so much. Certainly a lot going on in Cleveland. It seems very far from over, and we'll just have to wait and see how the NFL, how Deshaun Watson's camp in the NFLPA does handle this situation because, again, with week one quickly approaching, it feels like there kind of should be some resolution soon. But again, you just you never know with these processes and how long they can take. What into our final break, though, here on Locked On NFL. We still have a ton to dive into. I'm going to be taking you home, talking in some rookie talk, talking about how some of these rookies have looked so far through training camp, diving into some mid-round, late-round guys, as well as maybe one or two first-rounders. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked On NFL. First, though, I do want to tell you a bit about Bet Online. BetOnline, that, that is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting news. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports, wagering information from live and game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. As a BetOnline today, use mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back. Our final segment of Lockdown NFL. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you. Thank you so much again for making Lockdown NFL your first listen of the day. Be sure to, again, subscribe to us on YouTube, like the video, follow us in audio form, and everything in between. But now, let's talk about rookies. And again, with preseason quickly approaching, we've had about a week, week and a half, almost two weeks now of training camp for all NFL teams. And look, for every team, there are standouts, there are disappointments, you know, winners, losers, stock up, stock down. But I think it's almost really interesting over these first couple of weeks here to take stock in the rookies and look at what these guys have been doing because obviously they're adjusting to the speed of the NFL game as best they can right now. Again, it's not regular season, full speed football. That's a whole different story. But we've seen a lot of standouts and we've seen a lot of different rookies contribute and bring a lot to the table. So I'm just going to dive into a couple who I think are really of note and interesting to talk about. I think one who technically entering his first year, not a rookie, but Travis Etienne, Jacksonville running back, who, again, is, is going to be in some sort of a timeshare, it feels like, with James Robinson. But all indications out of Jaguars camp is saying that he looks good. And it's a great thing for, for a player that did suffer that foot injury before his rookie season even began. And, and again, there's a new head coach there in Doug Peterson. You have a really enticing blend of size and strength, which, again, kind of put him in that upper echelon of running backs in his draft class. And I think now with Jacksonville spending a lot on their offense, especially at the wide receiver position, I'm sure we all saw that Christian Kirk contract, for, for better or for worse. But Trevor Lawrence entering his second year, to have ETN now alongside him, like those days at Clemson with Lawrence and ETN, I think that'll be a really good matchup for a lot of different teams to look at and say, wow, we really have to now account for Trevor Lawrence and for ETN. Now they have to show it on the field, and ETN has to kind of, again, himself get acclimated to the NFL game, but that's one that is interesting to me. A rookie who we've heard a lot about, though, is Sky Moore from Kansas City. Now, all of us know the the trade that went down between the Chiefs and the Dolphins, where Tyreek Hill gets traded from the Chiefs to Miami. Leaves a pretty big void there in that Kansas City offense, and the Chiefs did go out there, sign a couple of veteran guys, such as Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They still have Nicole Hardman over there. But they did go out there and draft Sky Moore. And this is a very intriguing player, someone who in you know practice videos we've seen deep balls, we've seen short intermediate passes. We've seen reverses. He seems like a player the Chiefs are going to want to incorporate in their offense in a lot of different ways. 
much like the way Tyreek Hill was, where Hill was just a threat all over the field. The Chiefs were trying to replace that production with multiple different players. So I think, again, like Tyreek Hill's one of the best receivers in the NFL. It's not like you're going to get a one-for-one trade over there with, all right, Tyreek Hill's gone. In comes Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's that. No, you know, you have to find creative ways to be able to replace that production. I think the Kansas City did a decently good job at replacing Hill in the offense. Again, you're not going to have that one-for-one trade-off, but I still think it was pretty good what they were able to do. And another Kansas City rookie, this is one of the first-rounders I'll talk about, is Trent McDuffie. McDuffie was regarded as one of the best corners in this draft, you know, behind some of the top-tier ones, such as Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley. But he's apparently had a very impressive camp out there in Kansas City, and he provides a lot of versatility there, which I think is very important And for any team. like We're seeing a lot more now where almost – not all, but a lot of corners are being able to line up both inside and outside. And, you know, covering a guy like Marlon Humphrey over for the Ravens, he's able to play both inside and outside at a very high level. And some of these top flight corners can do that. And now McDuffie, again, still has a, a way to go. He, he's going to have to earn his stripes in the league, but I still think that he is a player that could make an impact right away. And again, reports out of Kansas City camp saying he is aligning everywhere in that defense. So I think that'll be a really interesting fit. Someone coming out of Baltimore, I'll say, is Travis Jones. Well, I'll say two. Travis Jones and Isaiah Likely. Travis Jones, a defensive lineman out of Connecticut. Third-round guy. Some people had him as a first-round talent, late first guy. Isaiah Likely, he's a player that, you know, this tight end class was relatively weak overall compared to previous years, but I still think there are a ton of talented guys and likely is another guy who maybe slipped a little bit further than he should have. And the Ravens have again, gotten the benefits of those two guys falling. I think both are going to probably by the end of the year, play huge roles in this offense. The Ravens double dipped at tight end. And, and that's somebody who I think, well, two guys who I think could really make an impact green Bay. Romeo dubs has been a guy who, again, with Christian Watson on the PUP list, currently the Packers double dip a wide receiver to try to, Almost replaced Devontae Adams. Again, you're not going to get the one-for-one replacement, but I still think that what they did in drafting Kristen Watson, in drafting Romeo Dubs, is a start. And they also lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling, so there are targets to go around. They signed Sammy Watkins, so, you know, they have options there, but Dubs is taking advantage. You know, Sammy Watkins missed some time. Watson still was not returned from the PUP list. So Dubs is taking advantage and apparently has made a play almost every day in camp so far and is developing chemistry with these quarterbacks. And, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have to find a new favorite target. Is it going to be Alan Lazard? You know, is, is Robert Tyne going to be in there? Aaron Jones out of the backfield. They, ha- they have options, but for wide receivers, I think that that is wide open there. And Dubs is certainly taking advantage. So that's another guy who I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see what he can end up doing. Also, speaking of these wide receivers, Phyllis Jones Jr. from Chicago. I mean, he's a player in Chicago who also has not a lot of competition for snaps. And I think for Jones, if, if he wants to go out there, prove himself, he has certainly done that so far. He's impressing in Bears camp by all accounts. Again, who are the options there? I mean, Byron Pringle is there. Darnell Mooney is the number one right there. But Nikhil Harry might have suffered a serious ankle injury in practice. So, again, hope he's doing okay. But I think that by the end of the season, we could see Jones have a decently big role on this offense and an offense that, again, it does need pass catchers. The running back situation is a little iffy. You know, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet's expected to take a jump, but can he actually do that? So there could be one or two dark horse receivers there who have to step up and make an impact for Justin Fields. And I think that Jones could be one of those guys. So those are just a couple rookies. I know there are plenty more throughout the NFL. I mean, we heard Chris Carter from Lockdown say let's talk about George Pickens. We've seen those videos of him making those contested, contorted catches, which have been incredible to watch. 
But yeah, there are a lot of standout rookies. There's just a couple I wanted to cover. And if you have anybody else who, who you want to put in the comments below, be more than happy to do that. I'd be more than happy to respond and have conversations about those guys. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We will see you right back here tomorrow.